morning. This is Kristen Lizenby Lee from Where Joy Is Ministries, restoring joy to Christian womanhood. Last week, we began a brand new series called A Mighty Woman's Artillery, and we're diving into the Word of God and learning what it means to be a valiant, mighty woman of faith and what that looks like. Last week, we began in Ephesians chapter 6, and we discussed the first piece of armor, which is the belt of truth. And we talked about how everything hinges on and is attached to the unchanging, unshakable truth of Jesus Christ and God's Word. If your heart longs to be a mighty woman of God, then you must begin by knowing truth. And then once you've known truth, you have to make the conscious decision to base your life upon that truth by wrapping truth around your waist like you would a belt. In our rapidly declining culture, we cannot afford to sit on the fence and stay silent and neutral, being bullied by political correctness, instead of courageously speaking the truth of God's word. When we apply the truth, when we take that belt and put it on, it provides us with the foundation for everything else we need to defeat the enemy. So now we're going to move to the breastplate, which we find in verse 14 of chapter 6. The breastplate was a central part of the Roman soldier's armor. It provided protection for the torso, which um, contains all of the vital organs like the heart and the lungs. Without the breastplate, a soldier would basically be asking for death because any attack could instantly be fatal. However, with a strong breastplate, those very same attacks were ineffective. Paul uses the breastplate as a symbol of righteousness. Righteousness is right living. This is right side up, holy, blameless living. And sadly, much like truth, righteousness, godly righteousness, isn't something we typically see lived out in today's culture. If you were to sit in your recliner and flip on the TV, in the span of about 10 minutes, you would likely be flooded with every kind of perversion you could imagine. We have commercials that will use sex as a means to sell anything from yogurt to tires for your car. We have movies and TV shows that glorify manipulation and selfishness and adultery and the misuse of our bodies. We can look around and see just the aggressive legalization of abortion and issues like sexual orientation and gender identity being not just defended but proudly paraded. Now, according to the truth of God's word, all of these things are not righteous. A lifestyle of sin and selfishness is not righteous living. It's actually very destructive, both to the body and ultimately to the soul. The Bible tells us about our enemy, and it even gives us numerous pictures and situations that we can study where we understand how the devil works, how he comes to fight and make war with us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he is called a roaring lion who is roaming around seeking who he can devour. His desire, his mission, is to destroy one life after another. And he watches us. He's waiting for the right time to strike us with lies and some kind of enticing bait. He studies us. 
to one person, he might go to them with all these um, allurements of prestige and superiority and all the things that a heart filled with pride hungers after. To another, he might creep in with promises of, you know, numbing fears and pains and insecurity. From one crowd to another, he'll enter in and he'll slip his handcuffs around our wrists and he will bring all of his wickedness and deceit along with him. He loves this. He loves to turn right living upside down. And he glamorizes what he uses to demolish us. And so many of us fall for his lies every single time. If you want to know how to defeat the enemy, if you want to know how to defeat the devil, you must not only be wrapped in truth, but you must be wearing the breastplate of righteous, holy living. In Job chapter 29, verse 14, Job says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. And we're talking about armor. And armor does not just appear on us. We have to do the work and put it on. Job said that he put on righteousness. And he wasn't talking about his own righteousness. Now, this is something that the Lord has been teaching me in recent years. Earlier, I mentioned that the devil studies us and he comes to us um, each of us in, in, a, in a customized way, in a way that is tailored and most enticing to us. What attracts you may not have the slightest effect on me, and what tempts me may not entice you at all. So he comes at us individually and with temptations specifically tailored to each one of us. In my case, having grown up in ministry, the enemy came at me and began his deception in the area of righteousness. I was happy to serve Jesus, but I didn't realize that my heart had fallen prey to self-righteousness. The choices I made were rooted in and in line with Scripture, but I later discovered that I was trying to work out of my own strength. I hadn't fully yielded to Christ for Him to do the work for me and through me. The enemy will try to deceive us with so many different lies. I have to feel important. I have to make Jesus like me more. I have to do this and this and reach this standard if I'm, if I'm going to go to heaven. You know, one of the ways he comes against us is by using lies. Much like the Garden of Eden, telling us that we have to take matters into our own hands. It's all riding on us. It's works-based. It all depends on what we do. I was working and doing and ministering out of my own resources, out of my own strength, instead of resting in the truth of God's word that says, without me, you can do nothing. John fifteen five says that. Later, the Lord revealed to me that one of the sins in my heart had become self-righteousness. I had been duped into thinking that I somehow had to do all these works out of my own strength, only to discover that no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't do enough. And I was worn out, burned out, discouraged, um, frustrated. And the devil relished it. I mean, he takes delight in tricking us and deceiving us with all these illusions. Anytime we're working out of our own means, we will end up as an easy target for our enemy to pummel us and weaken our faith. So in order to properly wear the breastplate of righteousness, we have to realize that we need Jesus. We have to die to ourselves, put to death, mortify the things of our flesh. Again, get out of the way. It's not about us and what we can do in our own strength because we cannot defeat the devil apart from God's strength, apart from God's power. 
Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 tells us that all our righteousnesses are filthy rags. Think of the best life you can live, all the good works you can do, um, the great, even biblical things you can say. If you're doing that in and of yourself without the Holy Spirit's anointing and apart from Jesus Christ, it's really nothing but dirty rags. And that's sobering. Praise God for Jesus, right? Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 6 calls him the Lord our righteousness. Did you catch that? He is our righteousness. So clothe yourself in, not your righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. Put him on. The only way we can experience victory in battle against the devil is through the Lord. And keep in mind that Paul told us to put on the whole armor. It's not enough to know the truth and make decisions to base your life upon truth. You can't live a life of truth in your own strength. It can only be done by wearing Jesus Christ, our righteousness. Without him, our life is upside down and in shambles. But with him, we have the protection and the ability and the strength to live a holy life. Another interesting aspect of the Roman soldier's breastplate was that it offered no protection to the soldier's back. There's no retreat in God's army. There's no turning back. As a Christian soldier, you and I must be resolute. We cannot wake up one day and say we're going to go to war only to wake up the next day and complain about the effort and all the offensive tactics the enemy is using against us. You know, he's going to fight back. But you and I cannot retreat. We can't give up. We are called by God to stand firm and never surrender any ground to the enemy. Let the devil flee from you instead. James chapter 4 verse 7 tells us, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not might flee. He will. He will flee. First, submit. Just yield and surrender. Tell the Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it alone. I I can only achieve victory through the victor who has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Submit to God and then let his righteousness cover you and protect and guard your heart. And then stand strong and resist the devil with all the mighty strength that is accessible through Jesus. For more information on future podcasts and other resources, as well as the annual Weekend Getaway Conference, please visit wherejoyas.com. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and I pray that you will stand and put on the righteousness of God, not just today, but every day. 